Good morning. Welcome to First Parish in Concord on this cold but beautiful Sunday morning, at least here in Concord. I know many of you have come from all over the country and maybe even farther afield, and that is wonderful. Whether you're here from far away or from very close to here, I am glad you are here. As you settle into worship this morning, I invite you to make use of the chat if you would like. When you want to send a message, just make sure that up in the two button, uh, in the upper left corner where it says two, make sure that you're sending your message to everybody or to all panelists and attendees. Otherwise, you probably aren't talking to the people you want to talk to. So feel free to say good morning to each other. Feel free to say good morning to our worship leaders this morning. And there will be time later in the service to use the chat again for some time of reflection and sharing. Let's say good morning from all of us who are leading worship. I am the Reverend Liz Weber, your Minister for Pastoral Care. And with us this morning, we have Eric. Good morning, everybody. We have Adrian. Hi, everyone. Amy. Good morning. It's good to be with you today. Anderson. Hello, everyone. So happy that I'm able to be here with you this morning. Don. Good morning. And Beth. Good morning, everyone. Wonderful to be with you this morning. And we have Peter on sound on all the tech. <laughs> good morning. So welcome everyone and let's just settle in a little bit more with this call to worship which is an excerpt from the Beatitudes for the Earth by Reverend Richard Gilbert. Blessed is the earth our beautiful home for she is a planet of plentitude. Blessed are the waters thereon for they gave rise to living things. Blessed is the land for it is the source of life abundant. Blessed are the beasts of the field, for they are glorious to behold. Blessed are the birds of the air, for they carve a graceful arc in the sky. Blessed are the mountains and the seas and the valleys, for their variety makes rich our habitat. Blessed are the dwellers on earth, for they cherish the privilege of living on it. Blessed are they who protect the earth and all her creatures, for their reward shall be harmony with the web of existence. As we approach this Earth Day, this 50th anniversary of the very first Earth Day, rejoice and be glad, for the earth and her people are one. Each week when we gather, we light a chalice as a symbol of our Unitarian Universalist faith. If you have a chalice or a candle nearby, you want to gather it close and we can light that together in a moment. Our chalice lighting words this morning are from the poet Ada Lamon, and the poem is entitled Instructions on Not Giving Up. More than the fuchsia funnels breaking out of the crab apple tree, more than the neighbor's almost obscene display of cherry limbs shoving their cotton candied blossoms to the slate sky of spring rains, it's the greening of the trees that really gets to me. When all the shock of white and taffy, the world's baubles and trinkets, leave the pavement strewn with the confetti of aftermath, the leaves come. Patient, plodding, a green skin growing over whatever winter did to us, a return to the strange idea of continuous living despite the mess of us, the hurt, the empty. Fine then, I'll take it, the trees seem to say. A new slick leaf unfurling like a fist to an open palm. I'll take it all. Let's join together in our chalice lighting response. O oh, flame of our faith, open our hearts and fill our bodies and souls with persistent strength. Enliven our spirits and engage us deeply in this life of ours. 
this sacred, essential moment now. Please join me in our opening song. This is a hymn taken from the Misagaya, which we were listening to as we approached the beginning of the service, for the earth forever turning. Please join me in singing. once again be able to speak directly to the children this morning. This week, youth all over our planet will be amazing us with their Earth Day live presentations. And today I would like to share a remarkable story of a 14-year-old boy named William Kamkwamba. He worked with soil and sun, wind and water to solve some very serious problems. So the reason why I'm sharing this story among many other inspiring stories is because William wrote a book about his childhood, which was a bestseller, and it was made into a young adult book then, and also into a children's picture book. And you can read these books online through an ebook with the Minuteman Library System. And in addition to that, the story was recently made into a feature film that was released just last year and you can watch it on Netflix. So let me begin. William was born in 1987 into a tiny remote village in Malawi. The people of Malawi call their nation the heart of Africa. Although they suffer from climate extremes and have very little material possessions, they are friendly and sharing with big hearts. When William was 13, he had just passed the test to get into middle school. Schooling after elementary school level was not free in Malawi, but it cost about $80 a year. Hmm. Well, actually, that was a lot of money for his farming family. But William was a great student, and his family had high hopes for him. Next slide. Not long after he started eighth grade, however, a terrible disaster, a catastrophe struck Malawi. 
Malawi doesn't have four seasons. It doesn't have summer, spring, winter, and fall. It has a rainy season and a drier season. <clears throat> and the main food that they grow is maize or white corn. They eat it most every day as their most important filling food. But the rainy season in 2001 was ferocious and flooding. It turns the soil into mud. Then came the drier season. When William's family planted their maize, they found it was much too dry. There was a terrible drought that year. The sun beat down on the land, much less rain fell. And the corn stalks dried up and died. <clears throat> People everywhere were starving because there wasn't rainwater to grow the corn and other crops. William, his six sisters, and mother and father, their relatives, and the whole small village had a terrible year trying to survive. At first, William tried to forget his hunger for a little each day while studying hard at school. But guess what? That year, his family could not afford the school fees. And it looked like he would have to drop out. No schooling, no water for farming, and little food. What could a mere child do? Well, what do you think? Well, I will tell you. At first, William tried to sneak back into school without paying the fees. He would hide in the bathroom stalls when they asked students to show their receipt for payment. And then he would sneak into the back of large classes and keep his head down while listening to the lessons. But he was caught by the teachers again and again, and eventually they told him that he mustn't come back. So William started going back to his elementary school where there was a tiny library. He found donated books from the United States and other places in different languages. William loved science and he taught himself how to read an English language book about energy. He got very excited about the idea of building a windmill to make electricity, but the book did not explain exactly how. Finally, William got a hold of a bicycle that he was allowed to use with a tiny generator. Have you ever seen how pedaling a bicycle can make electricity for a bike lamp by the spinning of the wheels? Seeing that gave him the idea he needed to finally solve the problem. He was so excited. Not only could he create electric lighting to continue his studies at home after dark, but, and listen to this, he was able to use windmill power to bring water up from wells in the ground and start watering the corn crops in his village. Wind and water, two essential elements of nature brought together. In a place where there was no electric utility lines, the village jumped over fossil fuels straight into clean, renewable energy. William was a village hero. The people who had been impatient with him working on that project and thought he was crazy and lazy were suddenly singing his praises. Reporters from further away heard about his ingenious feat and wrote stories about him from for the newspapers. His story even traveled to the US. It took another seven years and more windmills before William was finally able to go back to school, but he did very well and was accepted into Dartmouth College in New Hampshire. <clears throat> William moved to the United States and he graduated from Dartmouth in 2014. He has been working with wind and solar power and projects to help Malawi and other poor nations. Here's William, I believe he's in North Carolina where he's living right now. <clears throat> this is William with a bunch of middle schoolers in the California area. 
And here's William with some high schoolers in Danvers, Massachusetts. I am always looking for inspiring stories about social activists and hope you will want to learn more about William Kumquamba. His story is called, and this is what you can look up in the library system, The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind, the same title used for the Netflix movie. Now let's hear a beautiful song by Anderson Manuel. Hello, good morning, and thank you for this amazing story. Um, and after thinking about what you just said, sometimes this world can make us feel so small and so unworthy, but today I want you to, to stand up and say, I am somebody. And this is what this song is about. It is about, the name of the song is called, There's a River Flowing in My Soul. There's a river flowing in my soul, and it's telling me that I am somebody. There's a river flowing in my soul. Please sing with me. There's a river flowing in my soul. There's a river flowing in my soul. And it's telling me that I am somebody. There's a river flowing in my soul. There's a river flowing in my heart. There's a river flowing in my heart. There's a river flowing in my heart and it's telling me that I am somebody. There's a river flowing in my heart and my mind. There's a river flowing in my mind. There's a river flowing in my mind. And it's telling me that I'm somebody. There's a river flowing in my mind. There's a river flowing in my heart. There's a river flowing in my soul. Our reading this morning is The Avowal by Denise Levertov. As swimmers dare to lie face to the sky and water bears them, as hawks rest upon air and air sustains them, so would I learn to attain free fall and float into creator spirit's deep embrace knowing no effort earns that all-surrounding grace. What is the grace that you need today? What is the grace that we all need? That ever-present, all-surrounding love that sustains us even when we are in free fall. For friends, we are in free fall. To live in the time of a pandemic, a global epidemic that touches all of us in some way, that is to live in a time of free fall. A time of trauma and grief and worry about the future. This is a time of trauma because we're worried, we're scared, 
our brains and our bodies are going into fight or flight or freeze. We're having big feelings and it can be especially easy to just get lost in them. Part of that is because of this fight, flight, freeze response. We don't know whether we can face the tiger and win. We don't know if we should run away from it. We don't know if we should just play dead. But this pandemic is not even a tiger. It's something entirely different. And it's just kind of everywhere all the time. And we've never faced a pandemic before. And so our brains and our bodies don't know which response to choose. So sometimes we just bounce around between all of them. It's easy to not quite know what's going on, to have big feelings that we don't know what to do with. So we're living in that trauma and that trauma response, that stress response. We're living with grief, maybe sadness for people in your family or for yourself who have been sick. Maybe sadness and grief for people in your family who have died. Or maybe grief for our wider world, all of us touched by that pain. All of us somewhere in the sadness and the anger. We're living with trauma, we're living with grief, we're living with worry and fear about the future, wondering how long this will last, wondering what is it going to come next, what's going to happen. All of this might leave you feeling like you're about to crack, cracking over everything from the lack of ventilators in the hospitals or the lack of testing kits available to your spouse leaving yet another dirty dish in the sink or something being not quite right in a small way. And that's all normal because it's just too much. We are living with too much. The trauma, the grief, the worry, these are heavy weights to carry. We long for things to be back how they've always been, to get back to normal. And part of us wants to just act as if things are normal. Sometimes that's a good way to cope. We need routines. We need things that keep us feeling that we're in a safe and familiar space. And that's good. But too much of a good thing is not a good thing. And if we're trying to just keep going and keep up appearances too much, we find that we can't. Not really. Each of us is holding so much. What do you need to let go of so that you can be more present with whatever you're feeling and with what is? Maybe you need to let go of so much striving, perfectionism. Maybe there's something else that you can let go of. We'll come back to this later. Let's pause and let's look around at our natural world. On this Earth Day, we can be inspired to take action towards our Earth. We can be inspired to find solace from our Earth. We can also be inspired by the Earth, by our fellow creatures. We are part of the same web. We are all creatures here together, after all. So what would it be like to let yourself just be in free fall, like the hawk? Our task now is to be present with whatever we feel in any given moment. What would it be like to be in free fall and let yourself really feel it. I know that in some moments, 
that's really hard to do. And I'll confess that I spend as much time distracting myself as I do feeling my feelings. And that's okay. Distraction too is a good coping tool. And I know that there are times when we just can't, not because of what's inside, but because of what's around us, whether that's because you're a parent and you have to take care of your children, whether that's because of work or school or something else that is demanding your attention away from your feelings. I know it's not always possible to set those things aside. And so in those moments, I would invite you just to name, just internally, just for yourself. I just feel sad. I just feel angry. Just feel scared, whatever it is. When it feels like you're falling though, let yourself fall. Let yourself be carried by the wind, trusting that you will not fall forever. That grace, that love is there to sustain you. The wind will pick you back up again. Let yourself fall when you're falling, trusting that it will come to some conclusion. And let yourself be carried by the wind. Let yourself soar when you are feeling gratitude or hope or joy. Just relish those feelings too. My prayer is that you can let go of some of whatever you are carrying so that you can be more present with what is. My prayer is that you can learn from the hawk. Learn from the hawk so that when you are in free fall, you can really feel it. Let yourself cry or yell about it. Let yourself run, let yourself face it. Let yourself just collapse, whatever that falling feels like for you. Know that solace will come, that the wind will catch you and lift you up once again. Learn from the hawk so that when you are sustained by a gentle breeze, you can really feel that too. Learn from the hawk to float or to fall, trusting that grace and love hold you in every moment. Let's come back now to that question of what keeps you from being able to float or to fall with the wind. As you listen to this piece of music from Beth, think about and then answer in the chat, what do you need to let go of right now? And answer just in five words or so. What do you need to let go of right now?
of the responses, some of the things you need to let go of include the need to be in control, self-criticism, worry about my extended family, expectations, my own and others, anger around politics, performing, the need to be in control, need less productivity, need to be instead of do, to let go of things I cannot change, some stuff from my to-do list, anger and dread and despair and fear, trying to do more in a day than I can actually get done, being elsewhere where I want to be right now but can't, where I had planned to be right now but can't, feeling like I need to accomplish something each day instead of just being present, being overwhelmed, perfectionism, all the stuff from my to-do list, despair for our country, guilt, the past, anticipation of future grief, missing walks on the beach, dithering, the to-do list, all these and more, may we let go of the things we need to let go of. May we rise like a bird. May we fall like a hawk.
leaf gracefully. One of the ways that we connect as a religious community is through our time of meditation and prayer. And if you have something that you would like to have added to our pastoral list, you are invited at any time to send an email to the Reverend Liz Weber, who is our minister for pastoral care. These are the people who have asked to be held by our congregation today and in the week ahead. Alan Whitney's younger brother, John W. Whitney, passed away in Anchorage last Sunday after several years of decline. He died surrounded by family members, which was a comfort to everyone. Messages of support are welcome. Diana Kelly's son, Adam Shoemaker, is sick with COVID-19 in Brooklyn, New York. He is a physical therapist who had been working with COVID-19 patients. Diana is in touch with him via Zoom and reports that he's managing. And now you are invited to speak the names of those who you hold in your heart and mind this morning. I invite all ages to participate in what we call an embracing meditation. It's an opportunity for us to speak names aloud of people who we care about, people who either are celebrating a great joy or who may be struggling at this time and what we want to hold up in the spirit of meditation. singing Spirit of Life. centering prayer and meditation. Dear Earth, ground us. May we live in greater harmony with all living beings. We are blessed by the cycles of the seasons and the rhythms of darkness and light. Dear air, inspire us. May we harness the winds of change. In the midst of these challenging times, may new ways of healing, teamwork, and justice be found. Dear fire, heal us. May all who grieve all who suffer, all who are barely managing, 
feel the embrace of love as close as our beating hearts. Dear water, purify us. May we let go of what does not matter to know more deeply that we are a part of a web of life and that we are one. During our time of shared silence, you may wish to feel your beating heart or follow the cycle of breath. practice that can help us get out of our fear, out of our worry. And whether times are hard for you right now financially or whether times are easier for you financially is your own situation. And so if you are able to give of any amount, we welcome your, your offering this morning. Offering goes for the good work of this congregation within and beyond these walls. I invite you into that spirit of generosity. You will greatly, gratefully receive your gift. If you would like to give by text, that is the thing to do in these times. We are um, going to post the phone number to text and you just send in anything you want the first time. It'll talk you through the process. If you've done it before, then you know what to do.
As I mentioned in the children's message, this coming week celebrates the 50th anniversary of Earth Day. And here is a picture shared with me by Don Van Patten, who worked with our kindergarten through sixth grade RE group to make this beautiful wall hanging for the Umbrella Art Center Earth Day art display. It is on the Umbrella Earth Day's theme, which is water. Art and music, dance and stories, like the story of William, are powerful tools for social activists. And this week, I'd like to share a very short story about my approach to wind and then to sun. So I, before I came to Concord, Massachusetts and to First Parish, I, about three and a half months ago now, I was at another large UU church. This was in Maryland. And like First Parish, Cedar Lane Unitarian Church has an outside social action role inside the church and in the greater community and provides leadership. I worked with the environmental ministry to help birth a new interfaith climate action coalition with other churches, synagogues, and temples. Environmental activists in Maryland lobbied the state legislator to change the laws. And finally, community solar is allowed. Even if it takes away some profits, from the main utility company, which is powered by fossil fuels. So at Cedar Lane UU Church, we got in touch with a brand new community solar company that had jumped on this opportunity. They had started building a giant solar array field on an old fort and landfill site in Maryland. Uh, my house had been on wind power for about five years, but it was wind credits and those wind um, windmills were actually based in Texas. So this was an opportunity to join a local project with a solar array field about 40 miles from my house right there in Maryland. So the environmental team got uh, that company to offer a reduced monthly electric bill for any church member that signed up through a special Cedar Lane portal. And that guarantees us at least a 5% discount on our monthly electric bill as compared to the rates of fossil fuel power plants. It was a win-win all around. For me, we were planning on downsizing and selling our house and our house um, has an older roof that needs to be replaced um, soon. So it didn't make sense to put solar on our roof, but not only me, but condo owners, renters, anyone who pays their own electric bills can join Community Solar. What was delightful to me was that the electrons produced by those solar panels that I was helping to pay for each month was not only traveling into my own house, but was sneaking in, kind of like William was sneaking back into school, is sneaking into the houses of all of my neighbors as well. I was so pleased to start working in January for another sanctuary, First Parish in Concord. I love working in a building where much of the electricity is produced by solar panels. And I am committed to moving forward with further greening of the campus so that we will have an even lighter footprint on the earth. I would like to encourage you to write your own story or create your own art or music or dance or another project. This could be one of your Earth Day actions. And did you see the news? Massachusetts has just doubled the incentives for solar projects as part of their stimulus program. Hooray. So see you at Earth Day Live. Bye. Thank you, Adrian. There's some powerful actions and some good opportunities coming up. I want to tell you about a few more opportunities happening here at First Parish online all week. We are doing small group ministry. If you missed the chance to sign up, just email me and I'll get you involved. We are running our drop-in chat all week at 1 o'clock until 2 o'clock. I am opening up more time for one-on-one -on -one check-ins if you would like to just talk for a little while or a little bit longer. Beth is going to host a Rise Up singing. We're going to give it a try this Friday and see how that goes. There's this 
there's all of the social action stuff going on. There's all of the RE stuff going on, though less this week because school vacation week. But in general, there's a lot going on here. You can find out more in your FP weekly email. If you don't see your FP weekly email, check your spam folder. And then if you see another random email that seems a little bit off, know that that's probably not from First Parish. Unfortunately, the scammers are at it again. And so just be a little bit wary. All of these things are good things to come to and I look forward to seeing you in the week ahead. For now, let's sing our closing song, Blue Boat Home, the favorites. <laughs> blessing. A blessing that you may learn from the hawk, that you may let yourself fall when you are in free fall, that you may trust the grace and love of the wind to carry you, and that you may let your wings open and soar when that moment comes. And now let us say together our benediction. Go out into the world in peace. Have courage. Hold on to what is good. Return to no person evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the suffering. Honor all beings.